الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله ذلك belongs to Allah we praise him seek his assistance and forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the evil consequences of our deeds والله الله guys there's no one that can lead him astray and whoever Allah leads astray there's no one that can guide him I bear witness that nothing deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and that he has no partners or associates and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his slave servant and his messenger this evening we'd like to continue in this series of lectures and this is lecture number 9 concerning the explanation or tafsir of various groups of ayat from the Quran with reference to the comments of Al-Hafiz Ibn Kathir Rahimahullah and with the mention likewise of some of the comments of other scholars of tafsir and the benefits derived from those verses the verses that we want to discuss this evening are from Surah Al-Baqarah Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verses 163 to 167 in these verses there was the obligation of fulfilling the rights of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to worship him alone wujub tawheed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the obligation of fulfilling the tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this group of verses mentions a number of points who can perhaps summarize them in three uh, main points the first of them is the declaration by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is the only one that deserves to be worshipped that there is no other ilahum that deserves to be worshipped besides him and the second point that we may summarize here are a group or a series of evidences or proofs that indicate this fundamental principle that there is nothing which deserves to be worshipped except Allah and these proofs are proofs to those who have intelligence for those who have an intellect who have the ability to reflect and to think and to examine then they will see if they examine these points it will become crystal clear لا إله إلا الله that there is nothing which deserves to be worshipped except Allah alone and the third point is related to those who don't think and don't reflect and don't use their intellect that in spite of the fact that the proofs of the tawheed of Allah 
or the Wahdani of Allah that he is one, alone and unique, and that nothing else is like him, equal to him, or similar to him, or deserves to be worshipped along with him. In spite of that, there are people who, due to the lack of use of the internet, the gift which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them to think and to reflect and to ponder and to see and to understand, they have fallen into the worship of other than Allah. They have worshipped that which is less than Allah, that which doesn't have the right to be worshipped at all. And because of that, they will be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life. And this is what the <coughs> this group of verses end with. The fact that there are those who do not recognize the right of Allah to be worshipped alone, and therefore they worship, they need something as an equal with Allah, and as a result of that, they will receive the severe punishment of permanent <coughs> residence in the hellfire. In verse number 163, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِلَاهُكُمْ Ilah, meaning all of humanity, everything in the creation. Ilah, إِلَاهُكُمْ إِلَاهٌ وَاحِدٌ He is one Ilah. There is no other one along with him, equal to him or similar to him. And this Wahdaniya, the uniqueness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as the only Ilah, He is unique singular and alone in his that, the that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his being, his self. There is no other that like him. The being, human beings or animals or minerals or anything else in the creation is in no way similar, comparable or equal to the that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the divine being of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is unique in his that. His that is, divi- is divine. And every other that, every other being, is created. And likewise, he is unique and alone in his sifat, his characteristics or qualities, that he is the one who has power over everything, that he has knowledge of everything, that he is the one who acts according to perfect wisdom and justice, and so on. These characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he alone possesses them, and no one shares with him these qualities, characteristics, or descriptions of perfection. Likewise, he is unique and alone in his rububiyya. He is the only one who is the creator. He is the only one who is the provider. He is the only one who has the power over life and death and the control of the affairs of the universe. And likewise, he is unique and alone in his uluhiyya, his rububiyya that he alone deserves to be worshipped. No type of worship should be given to other than Allah. Whether it is prayers or fasting or sacrifice or other than that, such as love and hope and fear, all of these things that are considered as ibadah or worship, they belong to Allah alone. So Allah, He is the only one. He is unique, single, and nothing is comparable to Him. And he is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. These are two of the characteristics of Allah, or two of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Two of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which come from the same root, from Ar-Rahman, 
And Ar-Rahman, as many of the scholars said, it is the characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of His bounty that He gives to all of His creatures in this world. To all of them, the believers as well as the disbelievers, the obedient as well as the disobedient, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bountiful in gives to all of His creatures in this world. Whereas Ar-Rahim, it is the characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is exclusive for the believers in the next life. Then, he says in the following verse, he begins to bring the proofs. After mentioning that he is the only one that deserves to be worshipped, that he is the only Lord and Creator and Provider, and the only one who has perfect qualities and characteristics, and the only one that deserves to be worshipped, then he gives the proofs to those who may question this fact, those who may doubt. What is the proof that you are the only God, that you are the only one that deserves to be worshipped? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins to mention a series of proofs that whoever will reflect on them, it will become clear without a doubt. Any one of them is sufficient to prove that he is the only one that has the right to be worshipped. والفرق التي تجري في البحر بما ينفع الناس وما أنزل الله من السماء من ماء فأحيا به الأرض بعد موتها وبث فيها من كل دابة وتصريف الرياح والسحاب المسخر بين السماء والأرض لآيات لقوم يعقلون That valley in the creation of the heavens and the earth and whoever would reflect for a moment on the creation of the heavens and the earth, how great is this universe that has been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the heavens and the earth. What we know and what we don't know in the universe, in outer space, those galaxies or universes that are known to man and those which are unknown, whoever would reflect on the vastness and hugeness and greatness of this creation, then it is singularly a proof of the greatness of the one who created it and that he alone has the right to be worshipped. In the creation of the heavens and the earth, and in the alternation of night and day. When one of them comes, the other has to leave. The alternation of night and day, it is a system of precision and perfection that is a clear indication of the greatness and the glory and the power and the wisdom of the one who has set this system into motion. The alternation of night and day is such that if night comes, day has to leave. And if day comes, night has to leave. And this is, if we reflect upon it, it is not only a precise system that shows the greatness of the one who set it in motion, but there is also a great wisdom in it that the human being is not always living in daytime or not always in night time, but there are some hours of day and some hours of night. Sometimes the day is long, sometimes it is short, sometimes the night is long, sometimes it is short. And all of this is according to the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But they alternate with one another without any uh, conflict between them, but each one taking its turn. And likewise, the ships and folk, it may be used for singular as well as plural. It means ship as well as ships, the ships that sail across the sea with carrying that which is of benefit to mankind. These ships, 
especially if we look at the ships today, not to mention the ships of the past, which were in a time, in the ancient time, when the ships were traveling from one land to another, but imagine the ships today, tremendous, gigantic vehicles traveling across the sea with loads, tons and tons of material carrying from one land to another, from one people to another, from one location to another, for the benefit of mankind, sharing what they have amongst themselves. And that these ships are sailing on the sea. The human being who doesn't know how to swim, if he goes out into the sea, he will sink and he weighs only a few pounds. But these heavy tons of ships, they are sailing across the sea by the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ And that which Allah has sent down from the heavens, and from the clouds, مِنْ مَاهِمْ of water, فَأَحْلَى بِهِ الْأَرْضِ And He has brought life to the earth by the Mawtiyah after its death. And He brought life to the earth after there was no vegetation on the earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down rain and He causes life to come forth from the earth with that which is benefit, beneficial to humanity and to the animals and other creatures upon the earth. وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ دَعَةٍ And he has spread out and scattered throughout the earth various types of creatures مِنْ كُلِّ دَعَةٍ And a da'a is anything that walks upon the face of the earth every living creature that walks upon the face of the earth including humans are coming under the category of a da'a and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent forth throughout the earth in every place on the earth he has spread out various types of creatures walking upon the face of the earth and every one of them have their differences and their needs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone is the one who fulfills all of their needs. وَتَصْرِيْفْ الْرِيَاءِ And He is the one who directs the wings, various types of wings. As the scholars of Tafsir mentioned, we will mention some of what they said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who directs the wings, coming from various directions, sometimes strong winds, sometimes mild winds, cold winds, hot winds, winds that bring benefit and winds that cause harm. All of this is by the wisdom, the hikmah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the alim al-hakim. Wasahab al-musakhar, bayna al-samai wal-arud. And those clouds, which have been subjugated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to travel in a course between the heavens and the earth. Between the heavens and the earth. Those clouds are traveling and they are under complete control. The control of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also bringing benefit to humanity by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in these things the ayatin the qawmi ya'kilun in these things are ayat or signs alamat symbols directions they point to something that we may benefit from they give us knowledge that we may benefit from for those who ya'kilun those who have aql who use the intelligence and the intellect to reflect and to think and to ponder otherwise those who don't reflect they don't see the greatness of these signs pointing clearly to the greatness and the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and proving without a doubt that He alone deserves to worship and therefore they make other things which are imperfect which have no power to bring any benefit nor to prevent any harm or to do anything and yet they take those imperfect creatures that have been created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and make them as equals with Allah and offer to them the worship that belongs to Him alone and this is the dhulm, the greatest of dhulm, it is shirk and for this, the consequence is that those who do so, who refuse to use their intellect, the gift which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, and therefore they worship something along with Him, then they will end up in the place of punishment 
Jahannam, Allah, the Hellfire. Concerning this first group of verses, just quickly, there's some comment here which I thought was really important and beneficial. Shaykh Amr al Jazari, Allah, may Allah protect and preserve him, he said that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made obligatory and the scholars, the ulama, to make clear the knowledge and the guidance to the people and they prohibited them from hiding the knowledge, then he informed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed that there is no God, that there is nothing that, that deserves to be worshipped except one God, Ar-Rahman Rahim. And that this is the first thing that the scholars are required to make clear to the people, the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his Ubudiyah, his Lordship, as well as in his Ubudiyah, his right to be worshipped, and his Asma wa Sifat, his names and characteristics. So when Father Mishrikeen heard this statement of truth and reality, that your God, your Ilahun, he is one, they said, what is the proof of such? Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed these words, إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّنَوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يعني barely in the creation of the heavens and the earth, to the end of this group of verses that they are signs for those who use their intelligence. And the Shaykh says that these verses consist of six ayat qawmiyya. Ayat qawmiyya. Verses or ayat in the universe, universal signs. Every one of them is a proof, a clear, convincing proof of the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His power, in His knowledge, in His wisdom, in His rahmah, in His mercy. And all of them, they are proofs that obligate the human being to worship Allah alone without offering worship to anyone other than Him. And he says that these signs are the first of them, the creation of the heavens and the earth. The second of them is the alternation of night and day. The third of them is the floating of the ships across the sea with that which benefits humanity and preserves their life. The fourth of them is the descending or the sending down of rain from the heavens to bring life to the earth and that life which comes from the earth is the source of life for humanity as well as the animals who are upon the earth. The fifth of them is the directing and controlling of the winds from different directions and of different types and the sixth of them is the clouds that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has caused to run or to travel between the heavens and the earth. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has control over them and he caused them to bring rain to various lands, raining on one land and leaving another according to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is mighty and who is wise. In these six verses are the greatest proofs and the strongest evidences of the existence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his knowledge and his power and his wisdom and his mercy and that he, due to these reasons, he is the one who is the Lord of the world and he is the one who deserves to be worshipped by the first of people and creatures to the last of them and that there is no Lord other than him and there is nothing that should be worshipped beside him except that uh, whoever looks at these proofs if they use their intelligence, their intellect, then it will be a benefit to them. And for the one who doesn't use his intellect, who abandons his intellect and refuses to reflect upon and understand and grasp the meaning of these great signs, uh, and instead of using his intellect, he follows his desires, his lower desires or his feelings, then that person 
will be like a blind person who cannot see, and a deaf person who cannot hear, and a stupid person who cannot understand, and who seek refuge in Allah from such. Those are the people who worship other than Allah, the mushrikeen, who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised for them the hellfire. After these verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes those who refuse to reflect upon these signs. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مِنْ يَتَّقِذُوا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ أَنْدَابَيْنِ يُحِبُّونَهُمْ كَحُبِّ اللَّهِ وَالَّذِينَ آمِنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ And that they are from amongst the people. Even after these great signs have been presented to them and made known to them. For everyone to see, no one has to receive a copy of Qur'an or a book of hadith or an explanation about Islam but everyone may look from the universe around them in the creation everyone has the ability to see it these proofs are for everyone no one is uh, screened or blocked or prevented from them in spite of that they are from amongst the people those who take and who take a need a metal, nadir something as an equal they make it as an equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. مِنْ يَتَّخِذُوا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ From other than Allah. Or from that which is less than Allah. Because everything is below Allah. So they take whether it be idols, or the planets, or angels, or prophets, or saints, or trees, or stones, or whatever they worship besides Allah in the past as well as today, there are some from amongst the people who take these things as a need and bear them. And they love them like the love of Allah. They love them in the way that Allah alone deserves to be loved. They love those things in the way that Allah should be loved because Allah is the one who gave us life. He is the one who put us, who brought us into this world and gave us our, all of our faculties of seeing and hearing and our abilities and the gifts of the things that are around us in this earth. He is the one who has given all of this and therefore He alone deserves this perfect love which is ibadah, His worship. It belongs to Allah alone, yet these people have taken stones or trees or other human beings, saints or otherwise, or angels, and they have given them the love that belongs to Allah alone. They love them just as they love Allah, equal to the love of Allah. Of course, love is of different types, and the natural love that a person has for their parents, for their mother, for example, or their father or their children, this is not what is referred to here. This love is the absolute love. The love of the one who has brought you into existence and who controls your life. And that love, there should be no love equal to it. Not the love of anyone or anything is equal to the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But these people have taken something from the creatures, from creation, and they have given them love like the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except that there are those who have not fallen into this. But those who believe their love of Allah is stronger, is stronger than the love of those who have love of others equal to the love of Allah. Those who believe their love is purely for Allah alone, they don't share the love of Allah with anything or anyone. Therefore their love is pure and it is stronger than those who share their love, who mix their love of Allah with the love of something other than Allah. Therefore those who believe and this is also a characteristic that a person may examine their own selves with. Anyone may ask yourself, do I love anything or anyone equal to my love of Allah? The believer, those who are true believers, they love Allah more than anything else. This is a good sign for us to examine ourselves and if we love anything 
more than the love of Allah, <coughs> then we need to examine ourselves. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them a picture of what's going to happen on the day of resurrection as a warning to them for their mistake of offering love, which is worship, it is ibadah, offering it to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He warns them of the punishment that will overcome them. And had they known, had they known what is going to be like on that day when they see the punishment and when they realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, His punishment is severe and that Allah has power over everything and that there is no escape from His punishment and that what they have done in this world, it requires that they be punished severely. Once they see that, then they will have known for sure the mistake of their action in this world of committing shirk or making anything as an equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if those who did zulm, that is who did shirk, because the greatest type of zulm it is shirk. The worst type of wronging is shirk. And if those who did zulm, who did shirk, if they see, and if they came to know, or if they see with their eyes, إِذْ يَرَوْنَ الْعَذَابِ At the time when they see the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next life, if that, if those people would be able to see or would know, at the time when they see that punishment, أَنَّ الْقُوَّةَ لِلَّهِ جَمِيعًا That all of the power belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Quwwah is one of the sifat of Allah. Al-Quwwah, the absolute power, it belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a sifat of the sifat of Allah. أَنَّ الْقُوَّةَ لِلَّهِ the power, all power, it belongs to Allah, Jameen, all of it, it's for Allah alone. And that Allah is severe in punishment. Had they known that, when they see that punishment, and they see that all of the power belongs to Allah, and that Allah is severe in punishment, had they known that in this world, then they would wish that they can go back so that they wouldn't do what they did in this lifetime. They would realize the harm and the mistake of their taking something as a God besides Allah. But there is no going back. At that day there is no return. But the time to correct ourselves is in this world. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions what will be the condition of those whom they worship besides Allah. What will be the condition between those who are worshipped, followed and obeyed and submitted to, and those who used to worship them, and used to follow them, and used to obey them, and used to submit to them. What will be their relationship on that day, when those who worship and obey, they will declare their innocence and that they are free of those who obey them and those who follow them and those who listen to them. They will say, we have nothing to do with them. And then those who follow them would wish that they could come back into the world so that in this life they can say, we have nothing to do with you. But there is no going back. And it will neither benefit the one who was followed or worshipped or the one who followed them and worshipped them. On that day, there will be no benefit from where to declare the innocence of one another. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذْ تَبَرَّعَ الَّذِينَ اِتْتُبِعُوا مِنَ الَّذِينَ اِتْتَبَعُوا Then those who were followed, those who were obeyed, those who were taken as God besides Allah, as undad or a myth besides Allah, when they declare their innocence and being free of those who followed them, those who made shirk with them, وَرَأَوُ الْعَذَابِ And when they see the punishment, وَتَقَطَّعَتْ بِهِمُ الْأَسْبَابِ and when the asbab, those things, the ties of relationships, of love or friendship, when those things, those ties, when they become cut off, and they become separated from one another, at that time the reality will come forth. 
وقال الذين اتبعوهم and those who were following or obeying or submitting or worshiping others they would say لو أن لنا قرة that if we had a chance to make an order to come back again to go back into the world if there was a chance for us to go back into the world فَنَتَبَرَّعَ مِنْهُمْ كَمَا تَبَرَّعُ مِنَّا then we would have declared ourselves to be free from them if we could go back into the world we would declare ourselves to be free from them as they are now in this يعني they are judging declaring themselves free from us saying that we have nothing to do with them and we have nothing to do with their worshipping us that's what they will say all of those things that were worshipped would declare their innocence that we didn't have anything to do with it we didn't ask them to worship us and we had no authority to make them to worship us and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala closes this section of verses by saying كذلك and just as those people will see their punishment and realize they are in the mistake and the harm, the severity of the situation that they will be in at that time كذلك يريهم الله أعمالهم and likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show them their deeds. It will be a reason of severe regret. They will regret on that day. Allah will show them their deeds just as He will show them the fire. And the fire will make them realize how terrible is their situation. Likewise, Allah will then show them their actions that brought them to that situation. And they will see the ugliness of their shirk and their kufr and disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Perhaps in this world, when we disobey Allah, we don't realize how ugly it is. Those who are doing kufr and shirk, they don't realize how ugly it is. Just yesterday I saw pictures of some of the people who are considered to be Muslims in a place in India called Nenoa. And those people came in busloads, came in busloads to a particular place where they come yearly, where they are graves of so-called saints or wali, awliya, and they come to sit at their graves and pray to them and sacrifice to them and make tawaf and worship them. Obviously, those people don't see the ugliness of what they are doing. Families, men, women and children are going together and sitting there and offering sacrifices and making tawaf and praying and asking for their needs. To us, the people of Tawheed, we see that this is ugly. Allah is so disgusting. A Muslim who fears Allah, if they see such things, they will cry to know that these people consider themselves to be Muslims and they are worshipping something other than Allah. Actual, real, obvious, open worship. Shirk. On that day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show them their deeds, hasaratin alayhim, and it will be clear to them the ugliness of their deeds, and it will be a means of great regret, such that it will cause a person, the person who regrets something to the extent that they become immobilized, and they can't even move or speak. That's how they will be on that day from the regret of seeing the fire and seeing the actions which caused them to enter into it. وَمَاهُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنَ النَّارِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَمَاهُمْ بِخَارِجِينَ مِنَ النَّارِ They will never come out of the fire and they will never come out of the fire Not only they will be punished but they will never come out They will never come out It will be eternally Eternity in the hellfire Some of the comments of Al-Hafiz bin Kathir Rahimahullah concerning these verses he begins by mentioning verse number 163 That you are God He is one God He is the only one that should be worshipped And He is Ar-Rahman The Beneficent Ar-Rahim The Merciful Al-Hafiz Rahimahullah says That He Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us Of An Tafarrubihi Bil-Ilahiyya That He is unique and alone 
and he is Ilahiyah, that he is the only one who is divine and the only one that deserves to be worshipped. And that he doesn't have any sharik, there is no partner with him, and no adil, no equal to him. There is no partner who shares in any way with him, nor is anyone equal or similar to him. But he is Allah al-Wahid, al-Ahad, al-Fard, al-Samad. He is the one who is single, unique and alone. Al-Samad, the one who everything in the creation depends upon for their needs, and he is the one who is independent and without need of anyone. The one who alone deserves to be worshipped, and he is Ar-Rahman Rahim. And then he says that these two names Ar-Rahman Rahim, the explanation of these names have already been preceded in the beginning of Surah Al-Fatiha. They mention the hadith of Shahr ibn Hawshab from Asma bint Yazid ibn Sakin رضي الله عنه from the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم that he said اسم الله الأعظم في هاتين الآيتين that the name of Allah the greatest name of Allah اسم الله الأعظم it is in these two ayat the first of them is this ayat which we have just read وَإِلَهُكُمْ إِلَهُمْ وَاحِدْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا هُوَ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ and the second of them is in سورة الأعلمان ألف لا ميم ألف لا ميم الله لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم This is a hadith that's reported in the Muslim Ibn Ahmed and the son of Abu Dawud al-Tirmidhi Ibn Majah and al-Darmi and this hadith is a hasim hadith is an acceptable hadith that may be used as a proof and just as a point just as a point of information there are other hadith which mention Ismullah al-Azam, the greatest name of Allah and from amongst them is a hadith that's recorded in the Mustadrat of Haqim on the authority of Abu Umaman and it's also a Hassan hadith in that hadith he mentions that the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is contained and Ismullah al-Azam fi suur min al-Qur'an salat the name of Allah, the greatest name of Allah is in three chapters of the Qur'an في بقرة وأريمان وطار يعني في بس في شكل القرآن and one of the knowledge of the hadith أو القاسم he said that I examined the Quran and searched and inspected to find where is the name of Allah and he said that it is contained in this in ayat in surah al-Baqarah in ayat al-Qur'si Allah لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم الحي القيوم and in surah al-Imran al-Islamin Allah لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم and in surah al-Qara chapter 20 verse 111 in the name of Allah وعانت المجود للحي القيوم that all of the faces will be humble for al-hay al-qayyum and perhaps this hadith is closer to the meaning of what is expressed in the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Ismullah al-Adam and the greatest name of Allah as these three verses in Surah al-Baqarah, in Surah al-Imran, in Surah al-Taha all of them contain the same names of Allah al-hay al-qayyum and these names if there was a chance to discuss them in detail it would be beneficial but due to the lack of time let us suffice to say that Al-Hayf and Al-Qayyum that these are two of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala some of the scholars have discussed them in detail and shown that Al-Hayf it is the perfection of life which includes all of the perfect sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all the perfect characteristics of description of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Allah's that that his life is perfect containing all aspects of perfection and Al-Qayyum it has two main aspects 
in brief, we can say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who the whole of the universe depends upon. That He has brought the whole universe into existence and its existence is reliant upon Him. Nothing can continue to exist and nothing will exist except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows it to exist. And likewise, He Himself is reliant upon Himself. And He is qa'in He doesn't depend on anyone or anything, but He is totally independent. So this name, Al-Qayyum, it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent of everything or everything is dependent on Him. Allahu Alam. Then Al-Hafid ibn Kathir says that then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after mentioning this first verse about the uniqueness of Allah and the Allah deserves to worship when he mentions the evidence of his uh, right, exclusive right to be worshipped and that is the creation of the heavens and the earth and what is between them and what is in them, what they contain and what is between them of all types of life of the creatures that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created and, and this, these things are a proof and an indication of the wahdaniyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala His uniqueness that He is divine and alone in His divinity and right to worship. Then He mentions uh, the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the following verse 164 that were in the creation of the heavens and earth and the alternation of the night and day to the end of that verse and he says concerning the thing of Allah that were in the creation of the heavens and the earth that is in the irtifat of the heavens they are being raised up to a great height and the intricacy of the way that they have been created and the vastness of the creation and those heavenly bodies which are moving and those which are established as sayyara with salatik those which are moving and those which appear to be firm and so on, all of them revolving in their orbit and likewise this earth and the way it has been created as like a inkhifadiha uh, the places in the earth that are low and the Jibaluha, the places in the earth which are high, and the seas and the deserts and the valleys, and the creatures that are living throughout the earth in its various places, and the benefit, and what is in the earth of benefit, that this is also one of the signs for those who reflect. Likewise, in the alternation of the night and the day, this shows that when one of them goes and the other that the other one comes. And None of them will overcome the other one, but they will always follow one another. None of them will delay or be late in its coming forth even for one second, but they are timely, precision, as set by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who has all knowledge and wisdom and power to implement whatever he wills. This is similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, لَالشَّمْسُ يَنْبَغِي لَهَا أَيُدْرِكَ الْقَمَرُ That it is not expected, it is not accepted that the sun will overcome the moon وَلَلَّيْلُ سَابِقُ النَّهَارِ Nor will the night overcome the day وَكُلٌ فِي فُلْقٍ يَسْبَحُونَ And every one of them is in its orbit, swimming or going forth in its orbit as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said it to be. Sometimes one of them will be long, yani the day may be long and the other one will be short. And one of them will take from the other one, yani from the length of one, so that it will become longer and the other one will become shorter. And each of them, likewise, they will alternate with one another. And this is 
يقول أنت بسمين الله سبحانه وتعالى يولج الليلة في النهار ويولج النهار في الليل that the night will go into the day and making the day go forth and likewise the day will go into the night meaning following it making it to also go forth but none of them will get any conflict with the other then he says the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala والفلق التي تجري في بحري بما ينفع الناس and likewise the ships which float across the seas with that which benefit the people he said that these seas have been subjugated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they have been made to carry the ships that carry that which is beneficial for humanity those ships traveling from one land to another land from one side of the sea to the other side of the sea with that which is needed for the livelihood of humanity and that which benefits that which is of benefit from one people from a particular area taking it to another people from another area and likewise those in the other area sending that which is of benefit with them to the others وَمَا أَنْزَلَ اللَّهِ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مِنْ مَاءٍ فَأَحْيَا بِهِ الْأَرْضِ بَعْدَ مَوْتِهَا and also what Allah has sent down from the skies from the clouds meaning from the clouds of water and he brought forth life to the earth after its death from that water which he causes to descend from the clouds and this is similar to the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَآيَاتٌ لَهُمْ and these are this is a sign for them الْأَرْضُ النَّيْتَةُ أَحْيَيْنَاهَا فَأَخْرَجْنَا مِنْهَا حَبًّا فَمِنْهُ يَأْكُلُونَ but this is a sign for those who would reflect that the dead earth Allah brings it to life and brings forth from it grains or seeds or that which the people eat from it is that which they eat to the end of the saying of Allah وَمِمَّا لَا يَعْلَمُونَ and also from that which you do not know or you have no knowledge of then he mentions the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَبَثَّ فِيهَا مِنْ كُلِّ دَابَةٍ and he has sent forth every type of living creature that walks across the earth with their different shapes and different colors and different benefits some of them are small and some of them are big and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he knows every one of them and he provides sustenance for every one of them and nothing of these things is hidden yani from the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is similar to the saying of Allah in another place in the Quran وَمَا مِنْ بَابَكٍ فِي الْأَرْضِ إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ رِزْكُهَا and there is no creature walking upon the face of the earth except that its sustenance is an obligation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yani Allah is the one who provides for them وَيَعْلَمُ مُسْتَقَرَّهَا وَمُسْتَوْدَعَهَا and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows its place of dwelling as well as its place of resting where it will end up كُلٌ فِي كِتَابِ النُّبِينَ all of this is in a clear book then he mentions the saying of Allah concerning the wings with tasrif الرِّيَاحِ يعني sometimes it comes bringing the rahmah the mercy of Allah and sometimes it comes bringing العذاب the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sometimes it comes bringing good news مبشرة بين يدي السحاب يعني the winds come before the clouds and when the winds come it is like good news that behind there is going to come clouds and that's good news to the farmers or the people who are waiting rain for their land and sometimes it actually the winds come pushing the clouds the clouds come ahead of the winds and sometimes they, the, the winds are the cause of collecting the clouds or separating the clouds, directing the clouds 
sometimes coming from the north, the north wind, and sometimes coming from the south, from Yemen, and sometimes coming from the east or the west, and likewise, uh, from different directions, the winds come according to Allah's will, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brings the wind and the rain that comes down on the stars. All of this, he said that these things have been written about by some of the scholars in numerous books and the things that are related to them uh, in some detail. And this is not the place to discuss that. Then he talks about the clouds themselves the clouds which are under control who that go between or travel between the heavens and the earth uh, and they are forced to travel to the lands and different places wherever Allah wills as Allah is the one who controls them and causes them to go where he wants them to go and all of these things the ayatim all of these things are signs for the people who use their aql, who use their intellect to reflect and to think and to ponder and to recognize the greatness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of these things are clear signs of the oneness of Allah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in another place in the Quran, the burning the creation of the heavens and earth, وَاخْتِلَافَ اللَّيْلِ وَالنُّهَارِ And in the alternation of the night and day, the ayatin, the ulil albab. These are also signs for the people of understanding, ulil albab, those who have knowledge and understanding. Then he goes to the second section of these verses, talking about those who don't reflect and those who didn't understand and fail to recognize the right of Allah to worship alone. And he mentioned the Khamenei, the people are those who take and dad. They take something as an equal and they love them as they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who believe their love of Allah is greater than the love of those who share their love of Allah with others besides Allah. From these verses he mentions the, what will be the condition of the mushrikeen, those who worship other than Allah in this world and what will be the condition in the next life and that those who they worshipped or obeyed or followed that they will declare their innocence of being free from those who follow them on the day of resurrection. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the condition of the mushrikeen, the pagans, what will be their condition in this world and what will be their destination in the next life since they need something as an equal, a need or a mission, something that is like or nazir, something that is equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, worshiping them along with Allah and loving them as the love of Allah. While he, Allah, is the only one that deserves to be worshipped and he has no good, no opponent, and no need, no rival, and no sharik, no partner. There is no opponent for Allah. There is no rival for Allah. There is no equal or partner along with him. And then he mentioned the hadith in the Sahihin, the Al-Bukhari Muslim and the Atatul Abdul ibn Mas'ud, رضي الله عنه من الله بطريقة وكان he said I said يا رسول الله أي ذن أعظم what is the greatest هو خلق والله he is the only one who has created you how can anything be equal to Allah while he is the only creator if a person knows that there is only one creator how can they worship something besides him then he mentioned the saying of Allah سبحانه وتعالى والذين آمنوا أشد حبا بالله and those who believe that love of Allah is greater because of their perfect knowledge of Allah 
and their honor and respect of Allah and their acknowledgement of the Tawheed of Allah and they don't worship anything along with him but they worship him alone and they rely upon him alone and they seek refuge and help for all of their affairs in him alone for this reason their love is better than the love that the Mishrikeen has in any way so then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatens and he threatens and warns the Mishrikeen those who worship others along with him the Valimun, those who did shirk who did wrong to their own selves by making something as evil as a partner to Allah, this is Zulm Lenefsi. And these people are, have done wrong to their own selves. And he says to them that if those who did Zulm, who did Shirk, if they were to see at the time when they feel the actual punishment of Allah, if they were to know that the Quwa, all of the power, it belongs to Allah alone, then if they were to know such, and that, and that they would be faced with this punishment, the reality that they're going to face it, that there is no escape from it, and they know what will happen to them, the terrible, evil, great punishment that they will be faced with due to their shirk and their disbelief, their kufr, then they would have discontinued, they would have stopped from doing what they were doing of wrong, of balad, of being astray, if they were to know such. And then Allah SWT informs us, or informs about their kufr and also about their awfan, the idols that they worship, that those things which they were following would declare their innocence from them. And he mentions this saying that if tabarra al-ladina attubiru min al-ladina that those who were followed would declare the innocence of those who followed them. And this includes the angels who they claim that they were worshipping the angels in this world and the angels will say we are free we declare our innocence to you, O Allah, from those who claim that they were worshipping us, and that they didn't worship us at all. And likewise, the jinn, they will also declare their innocence from the worship that the people offer to them in this world. He mentions some verses indicating such. He mentions the saying of Ibrahim al-Khalil alayhi salam, that verily uh, you have taken besides Allah awfanan, yani false gods or idols besides Allah due to the love that was between you in this world in the life of this world but then on the day of resurrection you will, uh, some of them will deny others and some of them will curse others yani they will reject one another all of them will declare the innocence from one another but your destination, the end of it all for those who make shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be the fire and they will not have anyone to help them here Al-Hadr ibn Kathir mentions also a number of verses all of them dealing with the same topic of those who were worshipped, those who were followed, those who were obeyed from the creatures they will all declare their innocence from those who followed them, who obeyed them, or who worshipped them, and then those who used to follow them will wish that they could also come back into this world so that they could declare their innocence from them. Something amongst them he mentions the saying, وَقَالَ الشَّيْطَانِ لَمَّا قُلِيَ الْأَمْرُ إِنَّ اللَّهَ وَعَدَكُمْ وَعَدَ الْحَقِّ وَوَعَدْتُكُمْ فَأَخْلَفْتُكُمْ that shaitan will say when the matter is decided, yani in the day of judgment, that verily Allah promised you a promise of truth. And I promised you and I failed in my promise. وَمَا كَانَ لِي عَلَيْكُمْ مِنْ سُلْطَانِ And I have no sultan, no authority 
has no authority over you. Shaitan has no authority over anyone in this world. Illa an da'otukum fastajabtum me. But I just called you and you answered my call. Salat alaymuni. So don't blame me. Shaitan will declare his innocence from those who obey him. Don't blame me. Walumu anfusakum. But blame yourselves. Ma ana bi musrikikum. I am not able to help you. وَمَا أَنْتُمْ بِمُسْرِخِي Nor are you able to help me. إِنِّي كَفَرْتُ بِمَا أَشْرَقْتُمُونَ مِنْ قَبْلُ إِنَّ الظَّالِمِينَ لَهُمْ عَذَابُ الْعَلِيمِ Verily, I deny you are worshipping me along with Allah, making shirk what you did before, and verily the ظَالِمِينَ and the مُشْرِكِينَ those who worship anything along with Allah, for them will be a terrible punishment. Many mentions the last verses of this section that when they see the punishment uh, and when the relations are cut off between them and when they see the punishment of Allah in Qiyamah and those ties of relations that they had between them will be cut off and there will be no chance for them anyone to, to escape uh, and they will not find any way to move that punishment away from them or to move them, to bring them, to get them away from the punishment, not to move the punishment away from them. Uh, at that time, and some of the scholars, the Ami, said that the meaning here of taqqa'at bihim al-asbab, that it means al-mawadda, or the love or friendship that was between them. When these things occur, and everyone sees the reality of the situation, and no one has any relation or concern or care from anyone else, and no one will have any escape. At that time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who are followed, or those who used to follow. وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ اَتَّبَعُوا Those who used to follow the others, they will say, لَوْ إِنَّ لَنَا كَرَّةً If there is a chance for us to return, لَنَا تَبَرَّعَ مِنْكُمْ كَمَا تَبَرَّعُ مِنْهُمْ كَمَا تَبَرَّعُ مِنَّا The meaning of declare innocence from them, and they declared their innocence from us. And if they were able to go back into this world, so they would have the chance to declare their innocence and to separate themselves from them and their worship of them, then they would never even look at them, but they would only worship Allah alone. They would offer all worship to Allah alone, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that they are lying. That in fact, if they were to return to this world, uh, they wouldn't discontinue, but they would continue doing that which they were prohibited from. So indeed, they are lying. And this is, for this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, says here, كَذَلِكَ نُرِيهِمُ اللَّهِ فَعَمَالَهُمْ Likewise, Allah will show them their actions. حَصَرَةٍ عَلَيْهِمْ It will be a, a means of great or severe regret. Uh, I mean, all of their deeds will vanish in front of them. And this is like the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقَدُمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ And we will come forth to that which the actions or deeds which they did, فَجَعَلْنَاهُ حَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا And we will make it as though it is particles of dust scattered. Yeah, and it is scattered. There will be nothing remaining of any deeds for them to help them on that day. Uh, and he also mentioned the verse which is similar in meaning to this, that the likeness of those who disbelieve in their Lord, their deeds will be like ashes. كَرَمَادٍ اشْتَدَّتْ بِهِ الْرِيحِ when the strong wind has came and blown over those ashes the Yom Al-Aqib in a day in which there is a storm and if the leaves will be scattered there will be nothing for them and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes a final description of them that their description, those who disbelieve, the description of their deeds is like 
the person, the thirsty person on the desert who sees a mirage, he thinks that there is, that it is water, and they will think that they have some beads for Yom Kiyama, when they get to they will find nothing there. Uh, and here, he closes by saying, وَلِهَذَا قَالَ تَعَالَى And for this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for the reason to them. For this reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, النار, And they will not come out of the fire. Then they will never come out of the fire. Uh, in the last three moments, just quickly, before we take questions, just like to list some of the benefits that have been mentioned concerning these verses. The first of them is the obligation of the Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declaring that Allah is the only creator and Lord and singling him out for worship since there is nothing that deserves to worship except Allah then ibadah or worship which is given to other than Allah will never be accepted anyone who offers any worship to other than Allah it will never be accepted so the first point is the obligation of acknowledging the Tawheed of Allah the second is that Related to Al-Ayat al qawmiyah the universal signs which Allah has placed in the creation, that whoever will reflect upon these great signs, such as the creation of the heavens and the earth, and the vastness of Allah's kingdom, whoever will reflect with a sound mind on these things, it will indeed inevitably lead to the conclusion that Allah alone deserves to be worshipped and nothing should be worshipped besides him. From these signs they will see indeed that he is the one who is described with the descriptions of perfection and he is the one who is free of any description of imperfection. The third point is that likewise Al-Ayat Al-Tanbiliya or Al-Ayat Al-Qur'aniyah the verses of Qur'an likewise point to the uh, Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his wahdaniyah that he is alone and unique in his names and characteristics and his right to be worshipped. Number four, that uh, the benefit, the benefit from these verses or these ayat al-Qawmiyah and al-Qur'aniyah, the signs that are in the Qur'an as well as in the creation, that the benefit from these ayat of both types is limited to those who use their intellect. The benefit is for those who use their intellect, not to those who follow their desires. Number five, that there are from amongst the people those who are blind, who do not see, and those whose hearts are locked, who cannot understand. Therefore, they don't benefit from the ayat or the signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which indicate his tawheed and which prove that he alone deserves to be worshipped or obeyed. Number six, the obligation uh, of loving Allah and loving whatever Allah loves. The Muslim is obligated to love Allah and to love what Allah loves. And this is the foundation in Islam, love for the sake of Allah and hate for the sake of Allah. We love what Allah loves and we hate what Allah hates. Number seven, uh, that it is a type of shirk when someone has love for something equal to the love of Allah. Loving something equal to the love of Allah is a type of shirk. Number eight, that the mushrik, the, the pagans who worship something on all of Allah and Qiyamah, they will have regret and they will grieve over their shirk. 
when they see the punishment, the severe punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They don't regret it now, but on that day indeed they will regret. Number nine, that on one piano all ties of relations, of friendship, or blood relations, and otherwise, all ties would be lost. They will be they are eliminated. There will be no ties between people except the ties of Iman and the brotherhood of Iman that is between the believers. Number ten, that the God which will worship besides Allah, that they will declare themselves in front of Allah to be innocent of those who worship them and the worship of them on Yom Qiyamah. Uh, and number ten, that the Mishrikeen, those who die on major ship worshipping something of the God besides Allah, whether from amongst those who call themselves Christians, Jews, Muslims, or otherwise, whoever dies on shirk, worshipping something of the God besides Allah, that they will be eternally in the hellfire and they will never come out from it. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, ashhadulna ilaha illa anta, astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka. If there are any comments or questions or corrections, there appears to be a few moments remaining as we haven't heard the event. Now,